3: It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports Rentals. 2 hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, hour number 2 and the final one for another week of KSL Outdoors. Radio recording this program on Thursday. We're waiting for the next round of snow to come in. Uh, as you listen to this program on Saturday, we get a little break and then more coming tomorrow. And I think, is you'll be back from uh, Vegas on Sunday to ski, won't you?
4: Yeah, well, I'll be back Saturday. I won't get any runs in Saturday, probably, because we're not going to leave the hotel until after the United States beats, you know, um, the Netherlands <laughs> in, in uh, soccer first thing in the morning.
3: Well... Let me me just uh, give you a little tip. Instead of saying we're not leaving until the U.S. beats... Uh, the nether maybe you should say we won 't leave until that game 's over okay that 's more correct, <laughs> otherwise, I may never see you again <laughs> right because that 's a tall order trying to beat them anyway <laughs> that 's pretty funny, uh, all right, so coming up uh, in this hour, we look forward. I just got confirmation from Mark Wade. He will be joining us uh, Do a little road trip, and Bob Grove, as I mentioned, has a satellite phone he was afraid he 'd be out of cell sur- or cell range. He uh, was going to go on a hike down at the Gold Butte National Monument, which I am not familiar with at all. But we'll look forward to making a connection there. And uh, Roger Eggett from Bear River Lodge is still scheduled to uh, come on with us. If I get time, and I don't know if I'm going to make this connection, Navi, but I should mention it here since uh, you're the guy that named him WYO Charlie. (laughs) He he shared his love of uh, this mule thing that he's been doing now for the last little while. And I noticed on uh Facebook that he was advertising one for sale he just bought one
4: well probably needs to replace it like a used car he's got another one <laughs> no but look you, no, honestly, no no knowing you, WIO, he likes to share everything so look he's loving this thing that I know a little about what's a mule skinner I have to look it in the dictionary yeah but let me tell you he's that guy and he is legitimate so if his Mule is for sale. It's a legitimate mule.
3: Well, yeah, it's a great mule, and it's Gracie. We've told her story on the air before, but this is what he told me. I said, you selling a mule? Hmm. He said, said, yes, Gracie, she's lovely, but she's too hot, too Ferrari for me. (laughs) So not sure what that means. I'm going to give him a chance to explain it, maybe if we've got somebody out there. I know what he means. I know (laughs) WIO. Okay, so uh, if we've got somebody out there in the market for a mule, we've got a deal for you coming up. Well, you hear the music. You know what that means, Navi. Yes, got to have faith, Tim. Got to have a little faith. Faith Jolly from the Division of Wildlife Resources uh, joins us here this morning. Good morning.
2: Yes, thanks for having me
3: on. Love to hear that music. Uh, It's the only time that uh, we go to George Michael for anything around here, but it's it's great (laughs) to connect with you. Uh, before we talk about what we wanted to talk about today, and that is wildlife encounters and knowing when to and when not to worry about uh, reporting them, I just got a press release from you about the success of uh, the Utah Watershed Restoration Initiative, uh, and I thought it would be great to share some of those numbers.
2: Yeah, I, it's always fun to shoot the horn of this program because it is pretty remarkable. Like it's it's actually a really unique program in the U.S. Um, it's basically it's. Run by the Utah Department of Natural Resources, which obviously we fall under, um, but it incorporates a ton of different agencies and nonprofit organizations, outside organizations, um, non-government entities, and anyway, does so much good. So, yeah, there there was some impressive stuff this last year um, of just some of the projects and some pretty impressive numbers on the amount of acreage restored, over 164,000 acres were improved through this program and essentially it just focuses on improving and restoring a bunch of our watersheds and just different habitats throughout the state so that obviously has applications to helping wildlife which is why we're a big partner in it obviously Um, but it just is as far as like it really can apply to anything you know wildfires that kind of destroy some of our landscapes this program helps reseed some of those areas that can be restored and Anyway, just super awesome. Yeah, there was the the numbers were very impressive. I must say,
3: you, you threw out the one hundred and sixty four thousand numbers, so that's the number of actual acres, Navi. But listen to this: uh, mixing and spreading six hundred sixty six thousand plus pounds of seed, completing one hundred and twenty habitat restoration projects, and then here's one right up your alley, Navi: improving one hundred and nineteen miles of stream.
4: Beautiful, Tim. Beautiful. Right? We we that's true. you, we you don't would have be have enough of these. So, yeah, we're you know, we're not gaining anymore,
2: so let's protect what we got. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. So this program is perfect for that. And it, it, each year we do a bunch of these projects, and there's a bunch of different funding that will come in from partners to help with some of these projects. So, yeah, it's, it's cool to see all the good work that's happening on the ground.
3: Well, and the last number to throw out there, because this is a big deal uh, right now, creating 512 jobs in the state. That's good, too.
2: Yeah, we do contracts with a lot of like private companies that will come and use some of their heavy machinery to, you know, take out invasive trees or things like that and and help plant some of these seeds in different areas. And so it's it's really cool. It, I think it does a lot for yeah. the economy as well.
3: All right, let's talk about uh, wildlife sighting and encounters when we should, when we shouldn't worry about uh reporting such sightings. We we get so many videos these days with everybody having their porch cameras, whether that's a, a uh what's the name of the one? Uh, ring ring or, or whether it's <laughs> yep. something else um i, I guess would it depend on species or no
2: so it yeah we kind of so you're absolutely right the reason we kind of are putting out this messaging is because we do just get a flood of calls whenever there's a moose that someone catches on their doorbell camera or or there or anything so we kind of wanted to dispel like when you should actually call us and we can come you know respond and when it it's Fine, you know, and you don't need to. I've literally gotten emails about chipmunks in <laughs> downtown Salt Lake City, you guys. I'm not exaggerating, like, call, so. like <laughs> calling
3: 911 when your son stubs his toe or something,
2: right? Right? I'm like, this is fine, like, there is a door, you know, if inside your house. That's a, that's one thing, but so yeah, just kind of letting people know it, it's not the biggest deal if you, you know, see some of these species one off. Um, so yeah, you we can just kind of run through, I guess. Some of the different species and when to call if that. Yeah, now you want to tackle this. Obviously,
3: there was a cougar. Uh, if there's a cougar in your backyard, you want to do something about that. We had one, believe it or not, in West Jordan. Now we used to border open land to the west. That's no longer the case, and we've all been wondering how the heck he got into somebody's window well in West Jordan, mm-hmm. across the street from a high school. But it happens.
2: Totally. And, and like you said, especially in some of these foothill areas, we're having more people build up the foothills, and the benches, and the canyons, which is obviously their natural habitat. So we are going to have some more of these incidents. Um, but, yeah, with Cougars specifically, like you said, if it's kind of camped out in your backyard, definitely give us a call. You know, if it's staying put, um, same thing, if it's if it's repeatedly showing up on your security cameras or doorbell cameras, you know, give us a call because that means it's staying in the area. We want to come relocate it, obviously, for public safety um, if it's killed something, that's also going to keep it in your area. And then if it's ever exhibiting aggressive behavior, which kind of is across the board for all of our species. If they're ever looking sick or acting aggressive, that's something we want to call on as well.
3: Bears would be on that list too, right?
2: They would, Yeah. So bears kind of similar. Anytime they, like cougars, they'll often migrate down into our valleys to follow the deer during the winter. So it's like not as crazy or unexpected to see some of them kind of wandering through a neighborhood. Um, but black bears, we do basically say anytime there is some in a, like a lower elevation area or within city limits, we do want you to call us about that. Um, Cause that's not quite as common. So we want to be able to come and relocate it just again, kind of that public safety thing. Bears shouldn't really be as much of a concern right now. Cause they're all pretty much in hibernation yeah. um, until November or from November till about March. So that's not as, that's not as big of a concern this time of year. Um, with moose, they're another one that we'll commonly get calls about. Um, and, yes, basically they kind of have a similar, a similar thing as bears. If you ever have them in lower elevation areas or within city limits or kind of these heavily populated areas, Park City, things like that, we do want to call because they'll kind of tend to camp out in some of these neighborhoods and yards and stuff too. So we want to relocate them because they can cause a lot of damage. We've had them – you know, raking up people's cars with their antlers, things like that. So we want to make sure that they're not going to cause kind of a safety issue, especially around dogs. They'll get aggressive, you know. So we're like, just give us a call. Don't try to hurt them out of your yard or anything like that.
3: Navi, how big of a problem, if at all, is it in Kaysville? It's a smaller community.
4: Yeah, well, well, the people along the mountain, they definitely have encounters all the time. But honestly, they welcome them. There's nobody really felt any threat you know obviously a bear could be problematic or a cougar but really people get a kick out of them. and they show me their you know their videos from their trail cams and stuff and it's more exciting than really any fear of danger
3: yeah um one more real quick and we have less than a minute here birds of prey uh, no worry about eagles or anything like that i mean unless they're uh, <laughs> eyeballing your kitty cat in the backyard
2: yeah so kind of the main one is yeah it, it's typically they're fine if you just kind of see them out and about We just kind of wanted to give the heads up that um, if people see them on the sides of the road, just to kind of keep an eye out for them. Because a lot of times these birds of prey will come and eat, you know, roadkill or whatever, but then they gorge themselves and they can't fly for, like, a good period of time. So just making sure you're watching for them along with watching for deer and other wildlife just so you're not, you know, accidentally hitting them. Um, I do that all the time,
4: Tim. You do what? Uh, gorge myself so and I can't, can't
2: move. Get up. <laughs> 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 like I can relate. We just have to So this is familiar. We resemble that <laughs>
3: remark actually. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> All right, but uh we don't need to know and faith doesn't need to be called to let you know there's a chipmunk in the tree in your front yard. That's uh that's Correct. okay. All right. all right, good. Glad we worked that out. All right. Uh, that's gonna do it for another edition of uh Faith today. We talked about love and faith today, Navi. Look at that, all in one day. That's great stuff. Faith Jolly, thank you as always.
2: Yeah, thanks so much.
3: All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Road Trip and Mark Wade will join us, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we can uh, check in with Bob Grove in the field, doing a little hiking at uh, Gold Butte National Monument. Stay with us.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome back to KSL Outdoors Radio. It's time for us to do a little road tripping. Uh, we're going to do that, heading out on the road again with Mark Wade right here. On
0: the road again,
4: just can't wait to get on the road again. We
3: have our fingers crossed, Mark Wade, that we'll be able to contact, uh, get in contact with uh, Bob Grove. He may well be able to do it with a cell phone, but he was headed for Gold Butte National Monument and has a satellite phone in his hand, so we'll still hope for that in the coming minutes. But y- you were there not long ago, or have been there anyway, with Bob uh, for a hike, haven't you?
1: I have. You know, it's all the way out there uh, just north of the Colorado River, north of the Grand Canyon, if you will. It's kind of out in the middle of a pretty desolate area and uh, where he is today, so we'll hope that sat phone works.
3: Yeah, but in the time we have here for our road tripping segment, you wanted to take us to the San Rafael Swell, and people may be thinking, right now, in the middle of winter with these temperatures, you said it's still incredibly fun.
1: Well, winter out on the Wedge, we like to say. The Wedge Overlook is one of those great overlooks on the San Rafael Swell. They call it the Little Grand Canyon. And that's just about 20 minutes away from Farron, Utah, where we like to hang out with the people. Julian Braden, Big Mountain Lodge, there's a great place to stay if you if you want to venture out there this time of year. And the Wedge and the San Rafael Swell, you get down into the desert there, and it's actually about 10 or 12 degrees warmer than it is up on the rim. And it's a heck of a place to go hiking. Uh, Take your UTV even this time of year. You can get out into the swell and explore that area. You've got petroglyphs, pictographs, uh, all kinds of things just to explore, all kinds of rock formations out there. It's a spectacular place, and especially quiet.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that it ever gets really busy out there, but this time of year you'd probably be all by yourself.
1: You really are. And we were out there uh, last winter in about eight inches of snow, in a UTV, dressed warm on a sunny day, just like you'd go snowmobiling. And we were almost a little too warm in our warm clothes, walking around on the, on some of the places we were exploring. We'd get out of the machines and get to some of the overlooks, and it was it was just a, a good place to go this time of year.
3: Didn't, weren't you out there with uh, Big Mountain Lodge? Uh, and that's a, a suggestion that you make to people if they're going to go have this trip, too.
1: Yeah, they're a great place. You know, they in the wintertime, they've got uh, a restaurant there. They've got some hotel rooms and cabins. And they've got a convenience store there right there in Farron. And then uh, in the summertime, they do actually do UTV rentals, spring, summer, and fall.
3: That's great. Uh, And snowmobiles, too, not just ATVs or UTVs, or do they have snowmobiles?
1: They don't do the snowmobiles, but you can bring your own snowmobiles and get up to Huntington Canyon and... uh, skyline drive within minutes from farron so they say just come stay with us and and off you go and go enjoy the terrain they say that terrain up that canyon huntington in particular and up on the skyline drive is is some of the best terrain in the state of utah for snowmobiling
3: um ice fishing this time of year mill sites right there
1: it's just you know like a minute away from from the the lodge there and and you've got huntington and joe's valley And uh, we've been out there, well, they've been ice fishing out there. They say the fishing is great. And always, you know, anytime you're getting out of these areas, check the the weather. we got a little storm this weekend, but most of the time, if it's just not too deep, you can get your UTVs out there. You can walk around out there. And, of course, you want the deep snow for the the snowmobiling.
3: Yeah. Um, What was the other question I had for you? Oh, road conditions. Do people need four-wheel drive? What are the roads like this time of year?
1: The county maintains those roads. They're they're well uh, they're well built roads. Let's say this, but there are a lot of dirt roads, of course, getting off into the swell and into those areas. And so uh, I talked to Julie earlier today at Big Mountain Lodge, and she said that you can get out there year round very easily. Uh, just check and see if they've had if they've had a lot of snow in a recent storm. You may have to wait a day or something like that, but that's rare. And so, yes, she said roads are great almost all year round, and don't worry about
3: that. I was talking with uh, Navidomskis in the first hour about the fact that, uh, and we had this story on Utah's Morning News this week, where 150% of uh, average snowfall for this time of year. We hope that, you know, rate right will continue. We certainly need it. But uh, did she give you an indicator on where they're at as far as what the averages are or what they've been dealing with recently and how this compares?
1: She did, and she mentioned there probably there only a few inches of snow, if anything, out there right now. So they're not they're in a spot where maybe they get a little less snow. I think the mountain to the west of them probably takes takes most of that up there on the Skyline Drive and everything. So the swell itself probably gets a lot less moisture. It is a big desert, and that that would be an indicator, right? That there's a lot less moisture there. Yeah. And so I think its tendency to get a lot less rain or snow
3: in that area. It's another one of the reasons why we're so lucky to live where we are. Even uh, when we've got winter going on here in the north, you can drive just a little bit farther south and find uh, some more comfortable weather if you want to get out and do some things and still have a good time year-round here in the state of Utah. If you want more information, just look them up at uh, Road Trippin' with uh, Bob and Mark, Road Trippin' with and Mark, thank you. Thank you. Mark Wade helping us out. Think about uh, getting down and doing a little exploring on the wedge. San Rafael. Stay with us. we we'll get a news update coming up next here on KSL Outdoors Radio.
2: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one.